What's up, sports fans? You're listening to In The Field Podcast, your source for all things sports. I'm your host, Derek Woods, uh, alongside my co-host, Jonathan Jordan. Uh, and we're back again. Um, it's episode four, uh, In The Field Podcast. How's it going, John? Doing good, man. Glad to be back here. Uh, ready to get this show on the road once again. Yeah. So, uh, like we always do, I'll give you a little rundown. Uh, we're going to talk about some NFL uh, MLB and some NBA today uh, on this podcast. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, different topics uh, in each. Uh, so let's just get into our uh, Super Bowl talk. Um, how do you feel about the Super Bowl this Sunday, John? Man, this is a real hard game to try to predict. Uh, it's so evenly matched, I think. Uh, just really 50-50 in the most literal sense. Like, there's so many different outcomes of this game that could take place. And I wouldn't be surprised by any of them, short of, you know, a blowout on either side. Um, you know, we've got the Chiefs, you know, obviously coming in with their high-powered offense. The 49ers with what I, you know, think is unquestionably the best defense in the league. And, uh, you know, I said last week on the show, um, I view Patrick Mahomes as, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game already. So he's got a chance to show that definitely against this team this weekend. And it'll definitely be uh, interesting to see what he does. So, uh, yeah, let's let's cut straight to the point. Who you, who you got, John, in this matchup? Well, um, we've got – I'm predicting a final score of 26-20. to 20. I'm going with the 49ers. I went back and forth a few different times on this, but that's where I settled. Uh, we got the Chiefs are coming in. If you're uh, interested in, in Vegas, you know, spreads and, and all betting lines and all that. Chiefs are favored by one and a half, over-under set at 55 and a half. Uh, so if you look at my prediction, uh, I'm probably in the minority on both of those, but I'm taking the under and I'm taking uh, the, the 49ers plus one and a half. Uh, the reason why, I really, th- I really think that their defense is just that strong. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They, they actually rushed the fewest in the entire league this year. Uh, they only rushed four uh, defensive lineman most of the time, and yet they still finished second in the league in, in pressure percentages. They got pressure on the quarterback 29% of the time and finished fifth in sacks, and that's just with rushing four most of the time. They only blitzed on 13% of plays. Yeah, you can, I mean, it's, you it's can crazy do that when you have. D-line, how good their D-line is, honestly. Yeah, uh, you know, they spent a lot of draft capital on that D-line. All four of them are first-round picks, so uh, yeah, you can do that when you, you know, you have that type of pedigree on the D-line. Uh, we definitely know that the 49ers can rush the passer, but for me, they also haven't seen a quarterback um, like Mahomes. Uh, like you said, to me, he's the – you said he's one of the best of all time. I'm not going to go yeah. there yet, mm-hmm. but he's okay. definitely the best. He's the best in the league. Would me. it change your opinion at all if they take this game Sunday? Uh, as far as best of all time, yeah, I like, still I'm not saying you know the gro the goat. I'm just saying like, would he be yeah, like, yeah. in the top ten conversation for you? Uh, in the top ten, I guess. I mean, if guys like uh, no offense to Drew Brees, if Drew Brees is in your top ten uh, with only one Super Bowl, uh, I guess I could put Mahomes in my top ten. Now that I think about it, um, and talent wise, like we've talked about uh, for the past couple weeks, I definitely think Mahomes. Talent-wise, it's probably top five that we've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah, if he gets his Super Bowl for sure, uh, 
it's a big Super Bowl for him and for the 49ers as well. Um, I definitely I want to touch on the, the Andy Reid aspect of it. Do you think it's how do you how important is it for him to win this game? Like if he loses this after all the you know playoff struggles. Yeah, I mean you know you obviously want to you want to shake that reputation if you're him. Uh, you know it's something that we've seen players and coaches deal with uh, before. Peyton Manning, you know, once had the reputation of not being able to finish in the postseason. He shook that, got him the Super Bowl. So a couple actually, I think by the time it was all said and done. <clears throat> and uh, Andy Reid, you know, uh, I think that he's in secure hands, you know, going forward with Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, it's, he, he may get another chance, you know, if this one fails, but you can't bank on that. It's it's too difficult to get to the Super Bowls. Uh, so, you know, obviously if you're in his position, he he's definitely going to want to capitalize because this may be the last time. You never know. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Um, that's why I'm kind of rooting for the Chiefs in this one. Uh, Pat Mahomes is one of my favorite players, and that's one reason. Also, Andy Reid, I know he's a longtime Eagles coach, but uh, with all the success he has had, I just I definitely feel like he uh, deserves a Super Bowl at this point. Uh, it's been a lot of heartache. A lot of, he's always there, you know. He's <laughs> Just one of those guys. He's always really dealing. underrated. I think as a head coach, just because he doesn't have that ring, he's just not looked at as one of you know the best coaches that you know in the history of the league. And I think that that's what he is. I mean, if you look at his history, the guy is like you know they use that phrase quarterback whisperer. That's Andy Reid right there, man. He wins with every quarterback on his roster. It doesn't matter. Uh, definitely one of the best quarterback you know whispers like you said we've ever seen. Uh, I just think at this point, like I say, he definitely deserves it. Uh, yeah, so that's one aspect of the Super Bowl. Um, I'm on the other side of it. I have the Chiefs winning this one, uh, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to take the the over on the points. Uh, I got 31 to 28, and I'm going with the Chiefs. I think this one will be, you know, as good as the Niners' defense is. I just think. Chiefs offense is just that good as well. And I think part of me feels like this is going to be somewhat of a shootout. Uh, teams may do it in different ways. Uh, the Niners may do it with the run game, and the Chiefs may do it with the pass. But I think both both offenses will have uh, pretty good nights on Sunday. So I'm really excited to see that matchup. Yeah, it's like we were talking before we uh, turned the mics on. You know, there's so many different ways that this game could go. And, I mean, these teams are both so good. Uh, at what they do that like a lot of it is just going to be dependent on game flow I mean if the 49ers score first that could impact the game right off the bat you know they might be able to control the tempo a little bit Chiefs get out ahead they might force Garoppolo to have to throw the ball and it could you know turn into an up and down you know battle and be end up being a high scoring game uh, for me I think that Damian Williams is going to be kind of the x factor in this game uh the Chiefs you know they like to throw the ball downfield they got you know fastest collection of receivers in the league and you know they like to definitely sling it, and uh, but the, you know my question is with the against that 49ers defensive line, will the Chiefs offensive line give them enough time, you know, to allow those receivers to get down the field in order to throw those you know 40, 50 yard bombs that Mahomes like to th- likes to throw? I don't know if that's going to be the case, and that's why I think Damian Williams. You know, I think I expect him to be heavily involved in the running game and you know through the air. Uh, they like to utilize him in screens and whatnot, and I think that that's going to be a pretty important aspect yeah. to this game. Yeah, definitely. We talked about Damian Williams uh, on our last podcast together. Uh, 
he's been a big piece for the Chiefs in the playoffs. So he scored a lot of touchdowns, at least. So he, I, I definitely agree with you on uh, him being an X factor. Uh, I wanted to talk about. I mean, a lot of people talk about the 49er defense, uh, how good it is, but is this really, uh, you know, one of those transcendent defenses or is it just, you know, another good defense but not great? Uh, That's kind of my question I have. Uh, I know they're good, but are they great to where they will shut down the best player in the game, uh, Patrick Mahomes? That's that's kind of where I'm at with this game. So, Well, that's one of the reasons why it's so interesting to see how this unfolds because it's like, we're going to, you know, we're going to learn something one way or another. Yep. We're going to find out. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not sure, regardless how good San Francisco's defense is, if Patrick Mahomes can be stopped. You know what I mean? Like, it might be whatever defense you throw out there. He might just be too good. Yeah, that's so, where I'm <laughs> I mean, and, and that might be the case. So, we're definitely going to, we're, yeah. we're going to have some answers, you know, on, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes, has, he's played a lot of defenses over the past couple of seasons, Um uh, and just to me, I haven't really seen too many teams just, you know, just shut him down. And I just think a lot of people are thinking that's what's going to happen in Super Bowl. Uh, that's just something that I just don't see happening. I just feel like if the 49ers are going to win this game, they're they're going to have to score theirs too. Uh, they won't just be able to shut them down like they did against Green Bay. I just think this is a completely different animal uh, for, for the 49er defense. So, uh, especially uh, – Wide receiver-wise, the speed um, for Sherman, you know, we all talk about he's, you know, he plays cover three, doesn't like to man up. I don't see Sherman being able to man up against the speed of this team. I, I know that's not their style, but. Right. But the thing is, though, even with their zone coverage, they like to they like to press a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to those, those receivers on the outside, I mean, you know, obviously you want to use your hands a lot as a defensive back, you know, when you go to press. If if they slip by him, if he misses, that's it, man. They're gone. There ain't no recovering for that with the, from that with those guys. That they just got too much speed on that outside. So that's going to definitely be you know a key point to the game. Also, yeah, they play a lot of cover three defense, and you know even like you said in zone, you got to get your hands on guys. At cover three, uh, you're vulnerable in the the middle of the field, which uh, that's where Travis Kelsey could definitely hurt you. So. Uh, that's something that you got to think about as well. Uh, like you said, you you got to get hands on guys, especially against the Chiefs. You can't just let them run down the field. Uh, that's that's a big part of defense in general. Uh, I know in the NFL you can't touch past five yards, but in that uh, inside that five yards, you got to try to get some hands on. I think that'll be big for the 49ers if they want to slow down the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, he'll definitely definitely be a, a key part in this game. I I think. I think he'll have his way in this one, honestly. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I was kind of right with you there last, or not last week, but the uh, the championship games. You know, I thought Kelsey would have a monster game uh, against Tennessee and didn't quite, you know, unfold that way. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's just way too talented, and obviously has, you know, one probably the best quarterback in the game right now throwing to him. So he's always going to be a problem. Uh, for me, another aspect I'm interested to see is the Chiefs defense against that 49ers running game because I feel like they they really overperformed uh, in the AFC Championship game against Derrick Henry, uh, you know, only allowing 69 yards and a 3.6 yards per carry average. And, you know, we know the hype that, that Henry brought into that game. So, you know, another question that I have is, uh, you know, how much of that was the Titans' reluctance to run after they got behind 
versus just how good the Chiefs' defense actually is. And, you know, that's another thing to look for in this game Sunday. Um, I think while you're hitting on that, I think a lot of it is uh, the Chiefs have a good scheme. Uh, Steve Spagnola is the defensive coordinator. Uh, I posted a post on um, I posted a post on our Facebook page earlier today. It was um, Tyron Matthew, basically. And they were, they were just talking about how well he's – you can tell he studied and he knows um, – he knows exactly what the offense is trying to do to him uh, to react to be able to react to that. And uh, right. I just think a, a big part of that is the the coaching. Uh, Thanks, Spagnola has definitely helped out this defense uh, tremendously. And uh, Tyron Matthew even said that so himself on Twitter uh, that he loves Spagnola, and I think that entire defense does. And they play hard for him, um, even if they're not the most talented defense. They definitely uh, play hard for him. And if you know Spagnola, he likes to blitz um, too. So. Um, it brings a lot of exotic uh, schemes and defenses, coverages, and I think that's uh, that's how the Chiefs get away with not having the best talent um, out there on defense. Uh, and then it's also interesting because Spagnola, he, he already has a Super Bowl, so he has that uh, Super Bowl pedigree. So it'll be interesting to see if he can come up, uh, scheme up something to slow down that Niners running game. Um I listened to uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, the Packers' uh, defensive end. I mm-hmm. listened to him. Um, it was an interview on NFL.com. He was just talking about how uh, – <laughs> just describing the 49ers running game, uh, how he was talking about it just basically uh, it goes to show that a lot of what the Niners do is scheme more than, you know, anything. He said uh, – you don't know one play they may be trying to cut block you. The next play they may completely uh, let you go. And the run might be coming right at you, and you got to stay outside uh, of all that speed um, coming out on the, on the outside run. He said it's just it was just confusing. Uh, you know, it's, they're more scheming up runs, uh, basically keeping the defender on their heels uh, so they don't know what's coming. You know, as a defender, uh, if you played football – it's a lot easier to play when you know what's coming, uh, when a team is predictable, uh, stuff like that. But when you don't know what you're going to get, especially as a D lineman, you don't know if that person is going to cut block you, um, you know, or they you might get blocked for somewhere different on that play. So I uh, just just listen to him to him talk about that uh, as far as the Niners scheme. I, just goes to show how well they are coached by uh, Shanahan on offense. Yeah. So that's uh, exactly what I was about to get at. You know, it helps to have. George Kittle, you know, who's basically like an extra offensive lineman out there that yeah, can we you know, definitely talked about that. Yeah, and also, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has definitely uh, proven himself to be one of the better head coaches in the league. Uh, he was with you know the Browns back in I think 2014. He led the Browns to at one point they were seven and four. So give the guy a statue right there for doing that. I mean, that, <laughs> that shows that he's a genius. You know, three games Browns over. to seven and four. Come <laughs> on, the dude, the Hall of Fame right there. No, never but you mentioned uh, Spagnolo uh, and you know his his defense and uh, whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> that, that's why I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned if the 49ers score first, how that could poss- possibly give them an advantage. I think it's real important to see which team scores first. You know, regardless who it is, because if it's the Chiefs, that could force Garoppolo to throw a little bit and. A kind of hidden issue with Garoppolo, you don't really, see, you know, it's not really glaring because of how much they run the ball. 
but the dude likes to turn the ball over. He likes to throw some interceptions every now and then. So if they get behind, even if it's only a touchdown or two, that could that could definitely uh, cause problems for the 49ers with the way that, uh, you know, he, he likes to get a little interception happy every now and then. Yeah, we talked about that uh, on our last uh, podcast together. We definitely talked about, you know, when it came to the Chiefs and the Titans game flow, you know, stuff like that, uh, scoring first, getting out. That's big in any NFL game. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, – I know when I'm playing Madden, I know it's just a video game. Well, when I'm on Madden, I always want the ball uh, to start the second half, so I always defer. Um, but I, I notice in the NFL, a lot of teams, um, they'll take the ball first because in the NFL, um, getting out ahead is, is huge. And I, that's that's why they want, want the ball first, and I definitely uh, can understand that. So, uh, like you said, getting out uh, ahead for either team will be huge, especially for the 49ers, uh, a team that like the run. I do think that Jimmy G can throw the ball well enough if he has to. Uh, I like how Debo Samuel has stepped up. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a good addition. And as we all know, they have Kittle. So they have some pieces. They have some weapons. Uh, I even like their running backs out the backfield. I think uh, Tevin Coleman came back to practice this week. We know he's a good pass catcher as well. So I definitely think if need be, um, the 49ers will be able to pass. But Will they be able to do enough? That's, that is the question. I think we'll find the answer to that question pretty early because I expect the uh, the Chiefs to come out with one deep safety and everyone else in the box. I mean, against that running game, running game, you really have no choice but to at least see if he's going to be able to, you know, pass the ball on you, meaning Garoppolo. Uh, so, you know, probably look for a lot of quick slants, maybe, you know, some screen passes in there early on. Uh, just to try to, you know, get them to bring that second safety back. And, you know, at that point, that's when maybe they'll shift to the running game. But, of course, like we mentioned, you know, you got to get a lead really first before that can happen. So, a lot of a lot of variance that could take place in this game for sure, and that's going to make it very entertaining. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I think um, I think the Chiefs should play uh, close to the box as well. Um, we talked about Debo Samuel and uh, Manuel Sanders. uh They've played well, but I don't think they're burners down the field. You don't really have to worry about them running no, past. But especially in Samuel's, uh, you know, in the aspect of Samuel, though, he, he, that dude's fear, fearless. Especially as a yeah. rookie, he will go over the middle every single time. Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. I, I, I've i loved how he's played as a rookie. He's a, He's been a steal for them, actually. So, um, yeah, we basically got through our uh, Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I wanted to talk about. I don't know if we should. Should we, should we give it to him, John? Uh, What's up? I think we're being a little generous here, but we're going to talk about a little DraftKings. Uh, oh, okay. If you're into that. Uh, we'll basically do uh, – in our – we have a group chat. Uh, basically, every week we do uh, we do like a weekly DraftKings. Uh, everybody, yeah. everybody throws in, uh, you know, $5, $10, whatever you want to throw in. And um, – Pick your DraftKings lineup. For those of you that are a DraftKings player, you already know this. Um, we either do, uh, was it the Captain Showdown? Or- yeah, yeah. We were doing, of course, the uh, just the regular traditional lineups throughout the regular season. Uh, you know, now in the playoffs, you've only got you know you only had a couple games to choose from the last last uh, two weeks ago. I'm sorry, and only one game this week, obviously. So uh, we've been doing the the Showdown Captain mode. If you haven't tried that, if you're on DraftKings and you haven't tried that, definitely give it a look, man. It's it's pretty fun. Definitely fun. Uh, 
I just got into it this season, actually. Uh, John got me into it. Uh, I've been addicted ever since. I've played every week uh, this season. So uh, this is the last week we got to play, the last week for me to get in my fix. So. <laughs> Certified yeah, bad influence right here. Yeah, you know, man. Getting everybody addicted. <laughs> Uh, John and yeah Shane Nance man shout out to Shane Nance got me hooked on this too man Uh, yeah so we'll just uh, in the we'll just do like a you know players that you like uh, we'll do this for what you want to do a regular lineup or a captain showdown yeah I mean we can just kind of talk about you know just options with lineups I suppose Um, I mentioned Damian Williams you know I kind of view him as an X factor Um, again if you don't know if you haven't tried the captain uh, showdown tournaments, then you may not understand what I'm talking about here. So definitely, uh, you know, even if you're not going to join a tournament, just open it up, you know, see what it's about. Uh, Damian Williams right now, his uh, salary in the captain slot is 14700 I feel like that's pretty good value because I think that he's just going to be heavily involved in the uh, into the game plan and uh, – Right now, I, I do. Uh, I sign up. I'll, I'll give them a shout out. I'm a member of a site called DFS Army, uh, and I'm looking at their website right now. They've got Damian Williams projected at only 15% in the captain slot, 15% ownership. And if you play DFS at all, you know the lower the ownership, the the bigger the advantage to have that you'll get if you have that guy in your lineup and he plays well. So at 15% projected ownership, I mean that's pretty solid right there. That would give you a big advantage if you had him and you know he he plays off. So that's a uh, that's Probably the guy that I'll build my lineups around this week. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to give uh, the listeners a little rundown for those of you that don't um, play DraftKings. Basically, how the captain uh, showdown works is uh, you have, what, uh, six slots? Six Uh, slots, yeah. You have six slots um, to choose from uh, for your players, and then your captain slot uh, gets one and a half times the points. so for your captain slot, basically what you want to do, uh, I didn't realize this when I first started playing, but basically what you want to do is in your captain slot, you want to pick somebody that you think is going to have the best game probably out of your whole lineup, wouldn't you yeah, say? for so, sure. Yeah, that's basically what it's about because uh, you're going to get 1.5 uh, times those points. So, yeah, you want to want to get somebody that you know for sure is going to ball out. Uh, and then if you can, like John said, Damian Williams, you want to try to get him for cheap. Uh yeah, so that's basically how that works. Uh, DraftKings, is, especially this, is, is just really fun to me. Uh, so, yeah, we want to give the listeners a little uh, little taste of that if you don't play that. And if you do, you know what we mean. Uh, players for me that I like, uh, I mean, if you want to go sleepers, uh, which you can always do with the 49ers, I did this last week. Uh, you know how the 49ers running backs are really unpredictable. Uh, right. So, I used that to my advantage last week, and you did as well. And it ended up, uh, not last week, but the week before, uh, ended up working out for both of us. Um, we both picked uh, Raheem Mostert yeah. uh, in DraftKings. And, you know, it's it kind of was a, you know, I feel like the only reason that only me and you were the only ones to pick uh, Mostert in that matchup is because uh, – the prior week's game, you know, Coleman had 22 carries, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's something that you can do uh, when it comes to DraftKings, you know. Um, after the performance Mostert put up last game, you know, a lot of people will probably be on his bandwagon, you know. 
a lot of people probably pick him. Uh, stuff I like to do is, you know, I'll go the opposite because I know how inconsistent um, the 49ers can be with the run game. Uh, they gave Mostert 29 carries, but if Coleman's healthy, who knows, he could get 20 carries this week. So that could be like a flyer for me, uh, right. Tevin Coleman, that, that I would use, especially, you know, at, at his price point. So, Yeah, um, just looking over the list here, just to add a couple more um, – just some value plays, some guys that, you know, if you add in your lineups, they could pay off if they score a touchdown or two. Uh, you got McCole Hardman at 2200 That's pretty cheap. Yep. Um, he doesn't have many touches each game, but, you know, they normally have – they'll run, you know, the end-around reverses or they'll definitely send them on, you know, those those fly routes. Where all it takes is one, you know, one catch, 80 yards, and a touchdown, and he's in your winning lineup just like that. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, 3400 We saw him score a touchdown in the NFC Championship game, so that value's there. And then uh, underrated for me, I feel like this team's or this uh, play is going to be pretty low owned. Um, Chiefs defense, like I said, they're on, they're sitting at three thousand salary right now, and like I said, uh, 49ers get behind, they start relying on Jimmy G to throw that ball, one pick six, and that's all you, that's all it takes, man. Yep. Uh, the only thing I will say, uh, be careful playing those defenses, because uh, <laughs> I've I've done it a couple of times and. It can also go the other way for you. Yeah, it's definitely misleading because you start out with 10 points. If you play a defense, you automatically get those 10 points at the start. And so, you know, it makes you feel good at first, you know yep, what I mean? Yep. But then after a while, I mean, if you're playing a defense, you're pretty much relying on a, on a scoop six or a pick six or, you know, return for a touchdown. That's basically what you need to rely on there. Yep. Uh, also, for the captain slot, um, I feel like a sneaky play would be uh, – Jimmy G as well. Uh, you know, a lot of people are down on him, like I said. Uh, and we talked about DraftKings. Uh want to try to pick players to have good games that other guys just won't pick. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, they may be down on him. Everybody's down on Jimmy G just because he doesn't have to throw. But maybe you, if he has to throw this game, you never know. He can hit big for you. Uh, so I just think he's a sneaky play as well. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to give you too much more. We we probably already gave y'all too much. Yeah, messing with my is. money over here. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> yeah, John's, John's mad about this, but I, I wanted to give y'all some of this, man. So uh, shout out to me for y'all getting this DraftKings advice. Because uh, <laughs> if it was up to John, you wouldn't have got nothing. Man, um, it almost got sc- scratched right there, just right in the middle of it. Whatever. We'll give yeah, one. man. Uh, <laughs> so we'll keep it going, man. Uh, we want to talk some uh, NFL awards. I think the NFL Awards ceremony is uh, I believe it's this Saturday, Saturday yeah. yeah, February 1st, uh, the day before the Super Bowl. Um, so we'll just go over some candidates uh, for each award and uh, talk about who we like to win that award and uh, a little bit as uh, to why. We're, we'll start off with the, uh, the most important award, uh, the one everybody likes to talk about, uh, most valuable player. I think there's pretty much uh, – I mean, the candidate – there's only one candidate for me, but uh, the candidates we have here are Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and we could even say uh, Michael Thomas or Christian McCaffrey. You throw those guys in there if you like. But uh, for me, it's pretty much uh, Lamar Jackson or Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so who do you like uh, to win the MVP? I'd be more inclined to go with Mahomes if he didn't miss a few games due to injury. Yep. Uh, because of that, I mean, there's only one choice for me. It's It's got to be Lamar. 
36 touchdowns through the air, another seven on the ground, only six uh, interceptions. He had over 1,200 yards rushing, over 3,100 yards passing. I mean, the dude really just, like, revitalized the entire, you know, outlook on a on a mobile quarterback this year. He really just, like, changed the game, you know, doing, doing things we haven't seen since prime Michael Vick. And, of course, you know, it's a boring comparison because everybody makes it, but it's true. I mean, the dude is really lighting everyone up, so I don't know. Yes, who you know you can't really go with anybody else there. Yeah, it's definitely true. Uh, as far as he's doing things we haven't seen since Vic, uh, he's even a better version of Vic. You know, uh, right? He was the first player to throw for three thousand, rush for a thousand, uh, so that's big time. Uh, and then his passing, just the way he passed the ball this year, especially after last year, uh, I just never saw nothing like this coming from Lamar. Uh, I knew he'd be good. I, I drafted him in a few fantasy leagues. Uh, I knew he'd be a solid player, but I didn't imagine ever in my wildest dreams he would play this good, especially throwing the football. So uh, definitely shouts out to Lamar on a regular season he had. Uh, a lot of people like to try to add playoffs into it and all that. Nah, but this it's is a regular season award. Yeah, regular season award. So uh, yeah. who had the best regular season? And that's definitely um, Lamar Jackson. Uh he broke the. He also broke the the single season uh, rushing record for a quarterback. That's that's huge too. Uh, wanted to talk about some of Mahomes' stats. Uh, he still threw for four thousand yards, uh, only fourteen games. So that's big. Uh, Twenty six touchdowns, five interceptions. So if he um, would have played those extra two games, you know, who knows? It's He'd amazing be, in, his, in his own right that he only missed two games. I right. Mean, after, like, definitely. You know, his knee, like, fell off on the floor, and then, like, oh, two weeks man. later, he's just, like, back. It's oh, amazing. Man, I, I love Mahomes. You know, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, but when players are good, I, I show them love. I show them their respect. And Mahomes is one of, uh, just one of those guys I love, I love watching. So, when he went down, I actually thought his season was over. Yeah, uh, so was I. definitely scary. Yeah, so – I'm just glad that, you know, he's even getting to play in the Super Bowl. Um, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, how do you think his uh, tra- trajectory uh, trajectory as a quarterback has uh, compared to Aaron Rodgers? I know Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl in his third season. Uh, and this is Mahomes' third season, if I'm not – yeah. This yeah. is his third season, yep. So, I just – there are kind of some comparisons when it comes to that uh, – you know, Aaron Rodgers did well early in his career, uh, even won that Super Bowl in the third season, like we said, and then hasn't been back since. Uh, do you think this is a start of a, you know, a dynasty run, or is it going to be more like how Aaron Rodgers' career has went on? It just had a good season. And Well, you know. I don't know if I can go as far to say that it's a, the start of a dynasty because it's just so hard to do that in the NFL. Like, the what the Patriots have done the last two decades, just, I mean, it's probably, you know, take it for granted, the difficulty of it. Like, it's it, we'll probably never see a team go it's on a run like that yeah. ever again, you know, during our lifetime. So, I, I don't know if I'll say that, that it's the start of a dynasty, but, you know, every, you know, it won't surprise me if every few years they pop up in a Super Bowl. Because, I mean, I do think that Mahomes is that good, and as long as, you know, his health allows him... He'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the next fifteen years. You know, yeah. So. I just know at one point we were we were having the same conversation about Aaron Rodgers, and he always was around, but never got back to a Super Bowl. So uh, 
the biggest thing is when you get there, you got to take advantage of. You never know when you'll get back to that Super Bowl. So exactly. that's definitely um, a big thing for Mahomes. He has, he has to take advantage of, of this opportunity. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and go to the next award. Um, and that will be uh, well, we got Offensive off, Player of the Year. So Offensive Player of the Year candidates, Michael Thomas, uh, Lamar Jackson, um, and we got Christian McCaffrey, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. So, uh, who you like in that one? It's almost weird to go with anyone other than Mahomes here, given that we just, you know, pretty much voted for him for the MVP. But, you know, most valuable and, you know, just most outstanding, I guess. You mean Jackson definitions. So, I mean, I'm going with Michael Thomas. I mean, 149 receptions. Are you kidding? 149 receptions, what? 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. I, I just know from watching the dude, it seemed like every time he would have like 18 catches in a game, it would be on a Monday night, and I would need him to score low because I was playing against him in fantasy. And then like I remember one night in particular, uh, he went off for like 40 points, and uh, I believe it was in the playoffs actually. <laughs> and the dude ended up, you know, we play in a PPR league. He uh, didn't, even, didn't even play much in the fourth quarter. But uh, got his got his points in the third at the end of the third quarter, and his uh, I, I was winning by one point or like half a point, something like that. And they threw this guy a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, and he caught it, took it out of bounds for no gain. Still got his point for that PPR and gave me an L. So I hate him for that, but he's a Buckeye and he had a fantastic season this year, so he gets my vote. Uh, I definitely hate him as far as fantasy goes. Uh. <laughs> I lost uh, one of my championships, uh, $350 championship game. Uh, and uh, I lost by seven points. Uh, Michael Thomas dropped 25 on me. So, yeah, I definitely hate him for that one. Uh, so, I know how you feel. For me, I'm going to go in a little different direction. Uh, like you said, Jackson, uh, he probably could win all the offensive awards. Uh, but we're going to go a little different here. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey for this one. Uh, I wouldn't put him up in my MVP discussion because of his team record, but for Offensive Player of the Year, uh, aren't too many players that did it better. He had uh, 1,387 rushing yards, and then uh, he had 1,005 uh, receiving yards as well. Yes. And he had 19 total touchdowns, so only one fumble loss. Or, no, he only had one fumble the whole season and didn't lose that fumble. So That's <laughs> played all 16 games right there. Yep. Uh, so I definitely wanted to show some love to Chris McCaffrey. So he'd be my offensive player of the year. Uh, definitely I, can't argue with it. My, my only thing, the main reason that I'm giving it to Michael Thomas is I've never seen, I don't even think I've seen 149 receptions on Madden. That's just insane. Yep. I definitely can't argue with, uh, Michael Thomas, you know, he broke the, the single-season record, so you really can't argue with that. You could give him the award uh, for that alone, you know. So, uh, MVP-wise, you know, they're not going to give it to a wide receiver, but right. you could definitely go uh, Michael Thomas for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, so those are our choices for that. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, some options we have here. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Chandler Jones, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, and uh, Zadarius Smith. Um, for me, I think it's uh, Stephon Gilmore 
for defensive player of the year. Uh, he had six interceptions, uh, two of them returned for touchdown. He had 20 pass deflections and uh, only allowed one touchdown pass. Um, and that was for one of the best defenses in the league, uh, one of the best uh, total defense and scoring defenses in the league. Um, he was the best player on that defense. So uh, that's why I would go with um, Gilmore for defensive player uh, player of the year. Uh, what about you? Yeah, he, it, it, Gilmore's going to win it. Uh, but this is where it gets a little tricky for me because uh, this guy's not going to have the stats, but that's because he gets blocked by like four people every play. I'm still giving it to Aaron Donald because, I mean, the dude, in my opinion, is the – if, if you you know take positions out of the equation, he's the best player in the NFL to me. And uh, like I said, the stats aren't aren't really going to be there. But what he does for that defense, though, I mean, you can't even put in, you can't even like equate it into a stat. You can. He's taking on two and three defenders almost snaps. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going with that one. Uh, he doesn't have the stats this year like he normally does. Uh, he normally dominates stat wise, uh, regardless he's uh, facing those double teams or not, but um, it's not something we should come to expect. You know, he's – him taking up double teams and triple teams, that's really doing his job as well. Right. So, uh, that's definitely something that needs to be talked about. Chandler Jones uh, had a great season, man. Such a uh, – 19 sacks, eight forced fumbles. And I just – I had to get that. I had to uh, speak on Chandler Jones' season. He plays for the Cardinals, so, you know, he gets overlooked a lot. And, right. and if he played on a better team – just think if he was still on that Patriots defense, you know. So. Oh, my goodness. That'd be scary. Uh, 19 sacks, eight forced fumbles. Uh, that's that's a great season out of Chandler Jones. The uh, only reason he can't get this award and won't get this award is, you know, his team's record. But uh, definitely had a great season. So, I wanted to point that out. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our pick for uh, that. Uh, we'll go on to our next award which is um, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Some candidates we have for that award, Josh Jacobs, Kyler Murray, A.J. Brown, and uh, Miles Sanders. Um, So who are you liking that one? It's kind of a coin toss for me between uh, Kyler and Josh Jacobs. Um, I went with Josh Jacobs just because he was a little bit more consistent. Uh, He had almost 1,200 yards rushing in 1,150, 1,150 to be exact. Averaged 4.8 yards a carry, had seven touchdowns, only played 13 games. He missed a few games due to injury. Uh, didn't do much in the passing game, but, I mean, for you know a late first-round pick, I think that they definitely got the production that they expected out of him this season, and he should definitely only continue to get better. Yeah, I love Jacobs, man. Uh, I think Jacobs actually will win the award. Uh, I think that's who the voters will vote for. But for me, uh, I'm going a little different direction. Uh, A.J. Brown. Um, he only had 52 catches. Uh, he had a thousand yards, and uh, he had eight touchdowns. Uh, and that was only with playing uh, with Tannehill for half the season. Uh, who knows the numbers he could have put up if you know if he had Tannehill for the whole season uh, instead of Mariota, <laughs> trash can. Uh, yeah, you definitely got to be excited about about AJ Brown. And then another uh, got to point this out about AJ Brown. He averaged 20 yards a catch. Like I told you, he only had 52 catches and still got 1,050 yards. Uh, 20 yards a catch is a ridiculous number. Uh, yeah, it is. It's definitely ridiculous. Um, so, um, if he didn't have Mariota, I mean, I definitely think he gets over 10 TDs this season. So, 
he's my rookie of the of the year uh, offensively. Um, so we want to talk about uh, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, there aren't very many candidates for this award. Yeah, uh, this this one's pretty clear cut, yeah. but we'll still talk about some of the candidates: uh, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and uh, Devin Bush from Pittsburgh. Uh, so I'll let you go ahead and give your spiel on Bosa. If I'm not well, if I'm not mistaken, Devin Bush I think had a uh, either an interception or a fumble recovery like the first five weeks of the season or something like that. So if he would have, you know, obviously carried on with that action, you know, he would be having a little bit of a different conversation right now. But uh, when it comes to Bosa, uh, it's kind of similar to Aaron Donald in that the way that, you know, he had a decent, you know, stat line also, but he does a lot more. He did a lot more for that defense this year, just uh, freeing up uh, D Ford on the other side, you know, um, just taking attention away from him. That helps the defense out. Obviously, they got DeForest Buckner up there also. Just having him on the defensive line just takes away so much attention from those other guys and opens them up. But he also had uh, he had nine sacks on the year, pretty good for a rookie. Had an interception, a couple passes deflection deflected, a uh, forced fumble. You know, so he did a little bit of everything this year. And, you know, we always like to show love to our Buckeyes too. You know that for sure, man. Uh, I think I think uh, Bosa is the clear uh, clear cut winner for that award. I want to point out. Um, Devin Bush's stats, though. He had 109 tackles, which is good for a rookie. Two interceptions. Um, one forced fumble, uh, which is good, too. Uh, What's his fumble recoveries on there? What's that show? Does it have that listed? It doesn't have his. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have his. I could uh, be wrong, but I, I thought that I saw something. It was like the first five weeks of the season, he had at least one turnover. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, you. I wouldn't be surprised. He's definitely a, you know, a ball hawk player that's always around the ball. So, I... And then Josh Allen uh, had a great year for uh, Jacksonville as well. Um, I want to talk about it's not pulling up his numbers for me, but uh, at one point earlier in the season, I know he was he had more sacks than Bosa. Um, we'll pull up the exact number for you. Um, well, Josh Allen had a great season as well. Uh, wanted to show him some love in Jacksonville. I think he'll be a great player going into the future. Uh, one that's maybe even be on par with Bosa as far as sacks-wise, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so then uh, our last award we wanted to get into, uh, Comeback Player of the Year. Um, and this is a long list for this one. Uh, can go in a number of different ways. Uh, you got Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Tannehill coming off of, you know, he didn't start the season. As a starter, um, Garoppolo coming off the ACL. Um, you got Darren Waller, um, who he's talked about. Um, used to be on, used to be a drug addict. Used to be on drugs re- really bad. Was out of the league. Um, had a great season this year. Teddy Bridgewater coming off the horrific knee injury, I believe it was. Um, had a great season. Kept the Saints afloat. Uh, Dalvin Cook came off the knee injury as well. Um, Travis Frederick uh, coming off the. Out of the immune disease, uh, immune disease. Sorry, uh, he came off of that, missed the entire season last year. So that uh, to make a Pro Bowl this year, that was big for him. The Emmanuel Sanders uh, as well, coming off a of, um, was an Achilles injury. So all these players are uh, very deserving for comeback player of the year. Who do you like now? 
just to scale it back real quick, you uh, was asking for Josh Allen's stats. Uh, yep. he, he had ten and a half sacks this year, two forced fumbles. Okay, yeah, I wanted to point out Josh Allen's sacks because he actually had more sacks yeah. than Bosa. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had 44 uh, combined tackles, 11 tackles for loss, so he definitely did his thing over there. Uh, for me, for the for the comeback player of the year, I got to go with Garoppolo. Uh, to speak the obvious, he's playing in the game Sunday, uh, so that's number one. He took a team that went, I believe, three and thirteen, four and twelve last year, something like that. Two, they might have even gone two and fourteen. I don't remember. Four, yeah, they went four. And, Was it four and twelve? Yeah, four and twelve. Yeah. So four and twelve, they're picking number two overall last year, and you know he led that team into the Super Bowl this year. Uh, threw for four thousand yards on the season, twenty-seven touchdowns. He did have thirteen interceptions. Like I said, he gets a little, you know, a little turnover happy, you know, from time to time, but he was the, uh, you know, you got to at least have a game manager if you're going to run the type of offense that they want to run, and he's filled that role perfectly, and uh, so he gets my vote. Okay, Garoppolo uh, is definitely a good pick, um, especially after the season you saw, you know, they lose him, top five pick, and they get him back in their Super Bowl. Right. So that's definitely a good pick. Um, I'm going to go with Darren Waller in this one uh, just because uh, a lot of these guys come off injuries, um, stuff of that nature. But Waller was to a point where he wasn't even in the league anymore at one point. I just think it's big uh, to have the season that he had um, coming out of nowhere. I know I drafted him in a lot of um, fantasy football leagues. Uh, I had heard about him on uh, some podcasts in the in the summer talking about how he was a sleeper, and he, he definitely was a sleeper. He had 90 catches, um, 1,100 yards. He only had three touchdowns, but as far as catches and yards, he had a great year. So and it came out of nowhere, and it's also with uh, not too many other receivers on that team um, that could do damage. So Did you watch Hard, uh, Hard Knocks this offseason? Yep, I definitely did. did. See, I, did, I didn't watch that. <clears throat> and I definitely yeah, – that's when I first became a, a true fan of Waller. Right. See, when it, came down, when it came time to draft, I, I had no idea who that dude was. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I uh, – yeah, so football fans definitely uh, check out Hard Knots. Uh, even if you don't like that team, it's, it's definitely interesting. A show that I always watch uh, every offseason. So, yeah, those are our NFL award picks. We're going to switch gears a little bit here, uh, talk about some MLB. Uh, Cincinnati Reds have been making a lot of uh, moves this offseason. Uh, it's been a while since they've uh, made moves, period. Uh, over the last decade, um, a stat I wanted to read to you guys, um, Cincinnati Reds, um, they have committed just $121 million in free agency um, just this past, uh, this last decade, that's the lowest total out of any team um, in Major League Baseball. Less than teams um, like the Marlins, the Rays, and uh, the A's. So, um, but this uh, off season has been different. Uh, John, uh, touch on that a little bit for me. Yeah, so they just signed Nick Castellanos. Uh, took him away from my Cubs, which I'm not happy about at all. Uh, I think Reds fans, you guys are definitely going to be uh, thrilled to have him in your lineup. He's not good for much in the field, to be honest with you. He struggles mm-hmm. in the outfield. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, he's he's pretty bad out there, honestly. But I've got his splits here. Uh, he's, he spent the first 100 games of last season in Detroit playing uh, at Comerica Ballpark, and that's known as a more pitcher-friendly ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit 273 with a 790 OPS and 11 home runs in 100 games with Detroit. Uh, as soon as he got traded to the Cubs and started playing in Wrigley, 
that bumped up to in 52 games a uh, 321 average, a 1009 OPS, and 16 home runs in just 52 games. And Great American also has the reputation as being more of a hitter-friendly park. Yep. And uh, I think that he's definitely going to going to thrive in that situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to point out some details about his contract. Uh, I believe it was a four-year deal, but he can opt out after 2020 season as well as the 2021 season uh, you talked about great american ballpark and how numbers affect uh you know performance as far as hitters and i just think uh he's basically i think the reds are using him to a certain extent and he's using the reds uh, if he has a great season who knows he could walk after this year get a huge deal elsewhere so right. i think it was smart by him and also smart by the reds uh, try to win now you know the reds haven't tried to win like I said, for the last decade. So uh, it would be nice for them to, you know, try to win some games for once. So. Yeah, and I actually – I think that as of now, they uh, probably should be considered the favorites in the National League Central Division. And it's quite a switch from last year because, you know, they they made some signings last year also and got the fans all excited. I'm not going to lie. I was on Facebook last offseason making fun of all the Reds fans because – Thought they were going to be good for signing guys like Matt Kemp and you know Alex Wood. And I remember that man. You were giving it to us. Yeah, I, and, but this, I, like I said, I told one of my guys on uh, Facebook last week. Like I've got nothing to say this offseason. Yeah, bro. You know, they're making real moves now. You know what people say? You got to keep that same energy. Yeah, because right. we're back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Man. I'm not happy. Like I said, man, I'm not happy with my Cubs. Man, they just absolutely just refusing to spend for whatever reason. Like the Ricketts. Own the you know the Ricketts family, the owners of the Cubs, are one of the most wealthy families in the in the world, and you know just got a just got a world championship three years ago, and that I think as of now they've signed two people this offseason. Um and uh, one's that Jeffress dude from uh, the reliever from Milwaukee, and the other was uh, Steve Souza, who's like hasn't even been in the league because of injuries for the past couple of years. Those two contracts they spent a combined like one point five million. But the Reds, though, are out here just Cash signing everybody. $164 million, uh, they've invested in free agents uh, this offseason. That's more than they've spent in the entire previous decade. So, yeah, uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, $64 million. Uh, $64 million to Casanellas, like you said. Um, outfielder from Japan gets $21 million. And the pitcher Wade Miley. Akiyama. Yeah, Shogo Akiyama. Wade Miley gets $15 million as well. So, uh, Reds are definitely out here cashing out this year, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> Man, I definitely will be out at Great American Ballpark to see some of those games this year. Uh, as long as we finally have something to cheer about as Reds fans. Uh, we haven't had much to cheer about for a long time. So, hopefully, man. Uh, one to touch on um, Chris Bryant's situation. Uh Go ahead and explain what's going on with Chris Bryant right now, the Cubs' uh, third baseman. Yeah, the uh, the years of service uh, rules in, the, in major leagues are kind of weird and outdated, and they're expected to be changed when the new CBA is agreed upon. But basically, as it is right now, you've got to get six years of service time in the majors before you're able to hit unrestricted free agency for the first time. Uh, in order to accrue a full year of service, you have to be on an active roster, for at least 92% of the time during the MLB season. Uh, so basically what that means is if you've got a big time, you know, like blue chip, blue chip prospect in the minors that, you know, is ready for the majors, uh, basically to manipulate the service time, you can just 
keep him down in the minors for the first you know two weeks of the season and then call him up and get that extra year of player control and that's exactly what the Cubs did in 2015 um, Chris Bar- Chris Bryant tried to fight that and get you know that year of service uh, so he could enter free agency as you know or after the 2020 season. Uh, came out yesterday that he lost that that grievance, and so he's going to have to wait until 2021. And uh, I know that he's it, – it's been pretty much known among Cubs fans since they did that in 2015 that we had, we're getting six years of Chris Bryant and then he's gone. So, you know, he's been in some trade rumors recently. And, uh, you know, as a Cubs fan, I love the dude, but chances are it's probably, you know, going to be best for both sides to go their separate ways here before, before it's said and done. Yeah, I just remember – not too long ago, you know, the Cubs were winning the World Series. I uh, got all these, got um, they had all this young talent. Uh, I just thought it was the start of a dynasty. I know I was talking about you with this earlier, and it just uh, it's like I say sometimes in sports, especially baseball, it's it's so hard to keep it going, you know, especially to build a dynasty and stuff like that. It's so hard in baseball yeah, really to keep is. it going. Um, I think baseball is the hardest the hardest sport to create a dynasty. So. And I think that's why you see a lot of these teams out here cheating and stuff, you know. Right. You know, it's hard, man. It's hard to win in the major leagues. Um, I just think that Chris Bryant's story is crazy. Um, he's basically, I mean, if they get rid of him, I mean, I, who, who are some players that they're talking about if they were to trade him? Well, it just came out earlier today that uh, they're, the Cubs are – discussing with the Rockies uh, a swap for uh, Chris Bryant for Nolan Arenado. Uh, if you don't know, Arenado's been a little angry with the Rockies' front office lately because they uh, basically made him a promise that they weren't going to try to trade him, and then it wasn't much longer after that. He found out that his name was being involved in discussions, and uh, so he took offense to that, and he demanded to be traded. So uh, what we have, the rumors that's coming out, is that they're just going to you know swap the two. I mean, they're, they're close you know, as far as talent goes, uh, production has heavily favored Arenado the last couple of years because Bryant's been dealing with some injuries. But when he's healthy, he's definitely one of the best third basemen in the game. And so uh, I would imagine that the Rockies, you know, if they were to negotiate a trade with the Cubs, they would try to get a little extra instead of just a, you know, straight-up swap. But, uh, you know, again, they don't have much leverage, though, given that he demanded a trade. So we'll see what happens. Short of that, I mean – I don't know what they do as if they try to replace Chris Bryant because, like I said, they're just they've shown an absolute unwillingness to to spend any money at all. Not just this off season, but last off season also. Don't know what the deal is with that, but as a Cubs fan, it's definitely getting annoying. Uh, yeah, especially from a you know a bigger market. Uh, you expect right. those teams to spend. Um, the teams like the Reds, you know, small market teams. Uh, those are the teams that usually don't spend. So it's a little uh, role reversal here and. NL Central, so that's definitely interesting. Uh, go ahead and uh, switch topics here. Uh, we're going to do something different here, a little um, buy or sell game. Um, just a few topics from, uh, you know, around the sporting world. Uh, so, John, I'll let you get into that. Yeah, we're going to try out the buy or sell. I'm sure everybody's seen or seen this on TV or heard it on, you know, you know whatever radio show you listen to. I'm just going to ask a couple questions, and Derek's going to buy them or sell them, or you know, we'll just go from there. So, number one, I have buy or sell Kobe Bryant as the new NBA logo. Uh, this this is a stupid question to ask me. I'm buying this all the way. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I already knew. I already wrote in the answer. <laughs> My man Kobe, you already know. Uh, yeah, I'm buying this one. 
Um, in my opinion, yes. Uh, we all know I'm a little biased here. Uh, but hear me out on this one. Uh, number one, uh, Kobe's the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, and then what's the greatest franchise of all time? The Lakers. Uh, I know Celtics fans want to try to throw their little two cents in there. But y'all haven't done, you know, that that was the old days. You know, this is a different NBA. Well, well, you know, the Celtics have only won one championship in the last, what, 20, 30 years. So you're not up there with the Lakers. I'm sorry. Lakers the best franchise. Kobe's the best player on the best franchise. Um, Jerry West is the current logo. But, um, you know, he's certainly, he's certainly not one of the greatest players ever. He's definitely, you know, a great player in his own right. Not one of the greatest ever, though. Um, and certainly not one of the greatest Lakers. Um, not in that conversation, at least. And then um, who has brought more to the game of basketball than Kobe? Um, I talked about this on my uh, Kobe Tribute podcast. Uh, Kobe was an ambassador for the the men's and the women's game. Um, you know, just basketball in general. He trained um, NBA players and WNBA players, uh, as well as kids, you know, young girls, young boys as well. Um, so he's just and, – and it, uh, a perfect ambassador for the game, you know. So that's why I think he would be a perfect uh, logo for the NBA. I know it probably won't happen, uh, but that's just my argument for it. Yeah, what about you? I agree. And uh, most reason I included the question is because, you know, obviously we, we haven't been on air, or at least I haven't been on air since, you know, the, the tragedy happened on Sunday. Uh, you made your, your podcast last night uh, kind of as a tribute to him. I wrote a small article on the website, uh, the itfpodcast.com. If you want to check that out, just go to blogs. It's there. Uh, but, yeah, Kobe should definitely be the logo. I mean, Jerry West is the current you know logo, as you said. But he's mentioned previously how he doesn't even want to be the logo. I mean, he's mentioned previously about making Michael Jordan the logo. So the guy that it, that it currently belongs to doesn't even want it. I mean, here's a perfect transition to get him out right here. Give it to Kobe, you know. Like, he he definitely deserves it. But we'll go ahead and head on to number two here. Uh, buy or sell Antonio Brown ever playing in another NFL game? Ah, oh, man, this is another easy one for me. Uh, this is this is a sell. Um, at this point, um, it's hard to say anything but no as uh, in regards to A.B. ever playing in the NFL again. Uh, we know the talent, but uh, the off-field stuff has just uh, become too much of a fiasco for any player, any sport. I don't think anybody can overcome all the off-field uh, incidents he has. Um, I know he was being investigated for sexual assault. Um, he had that case pending with the NFL. Uh, they were investigating him for that. Um, then recently he's been involved in a, a string of incidents um, in his hometown, uh, Hollywood, Florida, or where he lives, uh, Hollywood, Florida. Um, he's had a Two incidents there, one with the mother of his child, um, and then another one uh, involving a truck driver, a moving truck driver. Um, and that one was just crazy in itself. Uh, the truck driver makes a 911 call. I mean, you listened to this before the show. 911 uh, caller just saying how AB's high. He's like, the guy's high. He smoked. <laughs> and, you know, that's just where AB's at right now. I don't know if it's uh, drugs, like the guy is saying. Uh, CTE, uh, health, mental health problems, what type of, you know, I don't know what it is. could be a combination of all those things. But the combination of all those things is what uh, will keep him for, from ever playing in the NFL again. Uh, I want to talk about this part of it. Uh, Roger Goodell uh, finally addressed um, A.B. Um, during his uh, 
State of the NFL address this past Wednesday, and he said, um, you know, they're basically trying to see where he's at with the A, A B uh, investigations, things along that, along those lines. And uh, Goodell said uh, the league is, you know, they're now looking at A B's well be- uh, well being more than anything at this point. And I just thought that was good to hear. Uh, he's had a lot of incidents that will make people think he's crazy, and it's just good to see. As someone's um, finally trying to help, you know, so. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Down to Earth with Chris Rock? Uh-uh, I don't think no, I've seen No, you never it. seen that? There's a quote in that movie. It, uh, Chris Rock doesn't make it. It's one of the other actors. I don't Down know. Down to Earth? Name. I think I have seen that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's where he gets hit by the bus and he gets put yeah. into the old white dude's body. Yep. Anyway. I've seen that. The, uh, the, the, the guy in there, I forget his name, but he said, he has a quote. Something along the lines of, I'm not sure if it's drugs you're taking or drugs you need to be taking. For me, you know, I don't want to make too much light of the situation because it obviously is severe. But I think that's really where Antonio Brown's at. And, uh, you know, I brought this up. I included this question because he was just on Facebook or not Facebook, uh, some form of social media a couple days ago uh, saying that he has never wanted to play football more than he currently does. And it's just like. Every other day, it's like he does, he'll never play in the NFL again, and again because of the owners. And the next day, it's please come sign me. And the guy's just too much right now. So they definitely got to get him, uh, you know, figured out. You know, especially from a mental standpoint. So for now, I'm going to sell it. But you know, the NFL talent always comes first. So if he can get that figured out, you know, I could definitely see a path to where he could get back though. Yeah, he's just he has a he has a a big mountain to climb. You know, a lot of different incidents. Uh, who knows if he'll get suspended for any of these incidents. Yeah, so it's, that's another good point. It just um, kind of keeps teams from, you know, it shies teams away from wanting to even have to deal with that type of scenario. So uh, I just don't think A.B. will ever play in the league again. And as sad as that is, um, that's pretty much how I think A.B.'s story went. Uh, do we hope he gets help? Yeah, uh, I definitely do. He's one of the greatest uh, receivers I, I've ever seen play, but – I definitely think um, we've seen the last of A.B. in the NFL. Um, as much as we'd like to uh, keep going uh, on and on all day, it's uh, all the time we have today, sports fans. Uh, make sure you visit our website, um, theitfpodcastpodcast.com. Um, that's theitfpodcast.com. Um, you can listen to every episode of our podcast. Um, and like John mentioned earlier, you can also visit the, the blog section of our website to check out some uh, of our written articles as well. Um, spread the word um, and keep showing love. Um, we appreciate all the support. Um, Till next time.